All right, it's the uh, Chance of Gaming Podcast, uh, episode 107, our seventh episode, and it's fantastic. And uh, with me always is Richard and Roy. Good evening, everyone. I'm Rich. Hi, everybody. I'm Roy. All right, and Richard, okay, somebody hails from Michigan, and somebody, okay, Richard hails from St. Louis, and Roy. That is correct. And Roy is from Michigan, yes? Yes. Okay. I'm from West Michigan. All right, fantastic. I'm so excited. And you are from Mississippi, so we got the central corridor of the country carved out. <laughs> right. That's that's where we are, just dealing with things. So, yeah. All right, um, you can reach us at uh, Chance of Gaming, all one word. And this is on, like, Patreon, Twitter, uh, Twitch. I actually uh, did a live thing of me trying to figure out Age of Sigmar this week if you saw that if you subscribe and on Twitch and there we were and so yeah and it's chance of gaming all one word at gmail so there you go and we always start out this podcast with uh talking about what we've been playing and uh Rich has some things to talk about yeah so I played some more Star Wars Legion this week I played an 800 point game which is fun um, I play Rebels, so I still only have one commander, and uh, the Imperials have a second commander out, General Veers, so I got to play against him and Vader this week, and Veers was, uh, he wasn't too bad, I mean, he gets to throw out aim tokens, I actually, it was interesting because I put a list together that was basically designed to take out ATSTs, and of course the guy brought nothing but infantry to play against me, so my <laughs> list was not well designed and i'm gonna have to rethink that uh he brought some snow troopers so i got to see those for the first time those guys have flamethrowers and they roasted my little rebel pretty well but uh overall i mean we had a great time obviously it's a it's a fun game to play i've still got some more to learn about list building and i'm excited because leia comes out this week so i will get my second commander for the first time yeah, that that was my question. It was I thought she was out already, but I guess I not. think it's I think it's this Thursday, the twenty fourth. I think that's when she comes out. And then Han so, Han is come coming out too. So he sometime this summer. Yeah, I don't I don't know that we have a date on him yet, but I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm thinking he'll be July or maybe August. So Luke is the only leader. He's the only rebel commander. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, so right now the Imperials have two commanders. They have Vader and Veers. Uh, the Rebels have Leia and Han announced, but not released. And then the uh, the Imperials just had their first operative, which we're not exactly sure how that's going to work, but Boba Fett has been announced for the Imperials oh, wow. as well. Yeah. Cool. And he looks pretty fun. He looks like he's going to be tough to play, so um, we'll see how that goes. Tough to play so, against, I mean. <laughs> do you have to have... Uh, leaders can you just play no you have to have at least one commander you the okay the game actually in the rules it says you can have either one or two commanders but uh you can't have zero and you can't have more than two okay all right and your commanders really matter too because when you play your command cards that determine initiative uh some of them are based on the actual commander so like in my game I lost Luke in round four, so for the last two rounds of the game, I was severely limited as to what I could do with my command cards because oh, wow. anything that named Luke was just useless to me. So, so or, do you know what uh, what Leia is going to do? What what her special ability is going to be? Or I do Han, not. For that matter, I okay. do not. I know Han has 
I, I've seen a couple things. Leia has something called like a, a barrage, which is sort of like an opening artillery strike. Han has uh, some sort of like Han shoots first ability where there's there's these initiative cards that you play each round to determine who goes first that round. And whoever has the lowest number of pips on the card gets to go first. Well, Han has a card and no one else has this yet with zero pips. So you're actually guaranteed to go first. Aha. All right. For that Han. round. Han shoots first. Han so. shoots first. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> So that's Star Wars Legion. Um, I'm probably going to play that again this Tuesday as well. I'm going to bring a much more rounded army, and which means I'll probably be facing two ATSTs and won't be able to punch through their armor. So we see how that goes. Uh, I did get to play some more Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Played another month of that with my daughter. So we finished August and just barely won by the skin of our teeth, which is fun. It was actually... it's Again, I don't want to give it any spoilers, but it's... It's weird because the game actually went really fast. You know, you start off the game and even before you've had a, a chance to take a turn, you feel like you've lost. I mean, you're halfway to losing the game and then there's some new things that come up that allow you to shuffle through some cards quickly. And it's interesting. It's fun. We're having a good time. So Pandemic Legacy right. 2, we made it through August and um, I... I'm, we might be able to finish it by the next podcast. I wouldn't be surprised. September, October, four months, maybe, maybe not. But um, now that my daughter is on summer break, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a chance to just finish it off. And I played some One Deck Dungeon. Um, have you guys played that at all? No. Is it an LCG? Um, no, I wouldn't call it that. Uh, it's It's an adventure game. It's a dice thrower. Um, and it's fun. It's a it's a quick little game. I like playing it with my eight year old. It's either for one or two players, and you just uh, you work your way to the bottom of the dungeon, killing monsters. And you have stats. You have like strength, dexterity, magic, and then health. And basically, the more you have in strength, dexterity, and magic, the more dice you get to throw. And to defeat the monsters, you just need like a certain number of threes and fours and fives and sixes and it's a dice thrower i mean by the end of the game you're throwing huge handfuls of dice and just trying to fill in the slots but it's it's a fun one to my eight-year-old loves it and one one thing i think is interesting about it all of the characters in it are female which i didn't notice but my daughters did notice so just so ah. it's like a sociological point i thought it was interesting that i didn't even notice that they were all female but my daughters definitely did <laughs> My daughter's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Have, you, have they? It's all about that? that that extra X chromosome. No, oh, yeah. not, not a, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a fun one, and I think it just yeah. came out on Steam too. So. Yeah, that's what I was okay. saying. It, it, yeah. It's considered a roguelike adventure that captures all the fun of a dungeon crawl in a single deck of cards. Yeah. Yeah. I. I that's a good description of it. It's a quick little game. It plays in eh, 20, 30 minutes tops. So. As of it's this tough, though. It's tough. I mean, there's. I've played it probably a couple dozen times, and I think I've only won two or three times. So, yeah. as of this game. recording, it's ten bucks on Steam. Yeah. So. And it's not the actual game is not much more than that. It's maybe twenty or so. And then we talked about Renegade last time. I mentioned that the Kickstarter was arriving. So it did arrive, and my middle child and I played it today and had a great time. That is a fun game. I'm, it's just 
I was a little nervous about it because I think I mentioned last time I bought it really not knowing anything about it except that I heard one interview with Ricky Royal, um, the the guy that created it, and it's a really fun game. It's like a it's like it's got a little bit of Pandemic in there. It's got a little bit of Mage Knight in there. It's uh it's a fun game. It's basically you play hackers. There's a a board that you create at the beginning of the game out of these. Uh, there's I think five or six different servers and they're just they're just groups of hexes that you put together to create a board and you move around on the board and the the computer has defensive systems and you you can upload viruses and stuff like that but really what it amounts to is it's a deck builder where you're spending the points in your hand and you're trying to spend them creatively very similar to mage knight uh to either buy cards or find ways to do things so i had a really good time i it was a fun game Interesting. Yeah. And we finally got to play Stuffed Fables as well. So I saw that's on Stuffed Roy's Fables. list. Uh, yeah. did, you got to play it too, Roy? Uh, not a full game. We uh, set it up this afternoon and uh, played through the first map. And then my wife's allergies started going crazy. And she said, I don't, I got to step out of this because it's just yeah. I can't deal with it. Well, except for the allergies, oh, and- that's the same story. We played just the intro adventure. Um, okay. But yes, it was, it was fun. Yeah, there was a there was a rule I was trying to get my head around uh, Which in the one? second map that the um, so when you come onto the second map you're kind of under the bed yeah and there's the none of the there's no bad guys that spawn when you get onto the map and I was a little fuzzy about how what's the driver there to get you to go to the objective which is a train um, but I read it in, into it a little bit deeper and I realized what what I was uh, looking for so okay well, sounds like going with that. Sounds like you made it even further than me. We just did the first map, um, and then we said we're going to stop here. So I guess the question I had, and since you're a little further than me, do you keep all your stuff and your, you know, your all your extra stuffing, and does everything stay exactly the same as you go from map, so map to map? Anything that's on the board goes away, okay, and all of your dice go away. But if you have like a reserve die that's on your character card, that okay, stays. Um, okay, but but the um, when you get onto the second map, there's a they talk about there, like it doesn't spawn with it, or it doesn't start with any uh, with any minions on it, but there's a thing called a surge. So like you have the um, the threat dice, and when the threat dice are more than the number of players equal to or more than the number of players, then the surge happens. Right, right. And, and like there's a, the encounter happens, so the then the the minions spawn on the around the spawn site, and um, the train leaves. There's a train uh, okay. in there, and and when once the once the threat level gets high enough, then the train just bails. And if you're not on it, you kind of you're stuck. Okay. So you enjoyed it? I think so. So my daughter, you know, uh, mice and mystics. She likes to look at that and do what she calls free play. Yeah. Just means move the pieces around the board and make up little stories and everything. And she really wants to do that with the stuffed fables game too, but we've kind of tried to talk her into saying, "Well, like, you know, you can go ahead and keep on free plan, but we kind of want to play the game the way it's meant to be played too." Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's. I I like that imaginative play that she does, but you know, there's, you can, I don't know, I just yeah, I want her to 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 play the game the way it's actually meant to be played too. Yeah. 
I would say, if any of the listeners, if you have played Descent or Imperial Assault, this is very much a, a light version of that game that's fun to play with the kids. So, like, if you're a big fan of one of those two games and you want something to play with a kid, this is a great game for that because it's very similar mechanics, but it's um, you know easy enough that a, a kid can grasp it. And I know when I played Imperial Assault with a couple of my daughters, the eight-year-old especially. It was just a little too much for her to wrap her mind around so she would forget to use her special abilities and everything. This one, the characters do have special abilities, but they're a little simpler, too. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a, yeah, it's, it's very much an introductory, I, I guess you could call it a war game. It, there's concepts there, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's in that genre. So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's been on my list for a while, and yeah. Yeah, definitely going to get this. Yeah, it was funny because oh. my wife came to me and she said, I know you were talking about this game and our, our little one, our eight year old did something really cool in school that we wanted to get a reward for. And my wife said, why don't you go ahead and get stuffed fables? So I went to game night, which is our local gaming store. I went to miniature market. No one had it. And then I remembered that I had mentioned to you guys in the podcast that I saw a copy of it at half price books. Half price and books. that's where oh. that's where I ended up getting it. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> now. One thing I did like about the rule book is that in the, the very first pages, there's a, um, there's a QR code in the book. So yes, like, I thought that was cool. If too. you, yeah, if you get stuck, if you want like a, and I didn't actually do that, but I'm, I don't know, it might be a video tutorial. Um, but it'll says you can look on page six of the rule book to figure out how to do this, or you can scan this QR code and it'll tell you. Yes. I so didn't use it either, thought, but. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's a uh, uh, good melding of, of uh, technology and, you know, it's, yeah. Yay technology. <laughs> so I guess we could probably stuff, uh, since, uh, Rich, are you all set? I'm, I'm good to go, yep. Okay, so we could skip over my first, which was also Stuffed Fables, uh, which I got on Tuesday, uh, finally came in. And then... Uh, so I play, there's a game called The Game, and it's a card game. It's a cooperative card game, and I believe it was originally in Germany. And the, um, the outside of the box looks very sinister. It's all covered with skulls, and it's like it kind of blows me away, all the, all the imagery on the outside of it. But inside of the box, you get um, cards numbered from 2 to 99, and then you get two one cards and two 100 cards. And it's a cooperative game. So in a two-player game, you're dealt seven cards. And you, you're, you're counting from one up to 100 and 100 down to one. And so, like, there's, there's, uh, there's kind of limits on the table talk that you can, you can pass back and forth between you and your, your, uh, your partner. So you can say, like, I would prefer that you not play on this... <laughs> here because I got something that's pretty close to that but you can't specifically say well there's a 23 there I have a 24 I can put right on there you can't do that but you could say well there's a 23 there I have a really good card that'll go there and so you're you you, uh, play your out of your seven cards you have to play at least two on each stack and if you you, all of your cards are in the middle of the stack where you have to say well I'm sorry but I got to put a 30 on this one and everything from 30 to one is now verboten 
Um, so it's, um, like I say, it's a very simple gameplay and interesting to play, but the imagery around it is really kind of, in a way, off-putting to some people. I think all the skulls would kind of, kind of throw some people off. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I wonder why they did that. I, yeah, because I don't that, know. that sounds like a game I would take to my in-laws' house to play on Thanksgiving. Except that if I yeah. threw a box with a skull on it, they'd look at me like I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, How does this tie into the Star Trek: The Next Generation, the game? Okay. Well, I just because of the same name, and uh, I don't know if you remember this episode where um, uh, Wesley Crusher is away at uh, Academy. And in the midst of that, somebody introduces this game for everybody to, everybody to play. And uh, it's super addictive. It's like a video game. There's like a headset that goes on your face. And people, uh, they start playing it. And they like totally get wrapped up into it. And it's like this, this, uh, this, this techno weapon that somebody has unleashed on the Enterprise with the, uh, uh, the they want to take over the Enterprise. And so Wesley shows up with, uh, it might even be Ashley Judd. That might be the Ashley Judd episode that she's in. It is, yes. Yes? All right. And so they, uh, the two of them are trying to uh, get people from playing this game and save the Enterprise. So it's, it's totally a very, um, a very Rus- Wesley Crusher-centric uh, episode. And so the kind of the... What reminded me of it is that the the game in in the Star Trek episode was very nefarious, and the the card game um, looks nefarious, but really is not. It just I don't know. It just seemed uh, the yeah the imagery on the board on the card game is just kind of really out of sorts, but I like it. So yeah, right, the game. Cool. <laughs> the game. All right. Cool. Yep. And you had, uh, uh, what is Sapiens? So Sapiens is an ILO game. So let's, uh, what, King of Tokyo is also an ILO game. Mm-hmm. And so this is a game that I picked up uh, at Christmas and still hadn't played until about a week ago. And it's, uh, you you're play a tribe of cavemen exploring the valley. So there's, uh, the, the tile pieces are dominoes, essentially. So you're matching... Um, domino pieces together, and so wherever you match, whatever you match, you get to do that special ability. So you just kind of move across the board, and you're gathering food and resource points, and um, you get your your final score is the lower of your two things that you're gathering. So you have two score counters, the food and the resource points that you move up. And then at the end of the game, you take off your highest one, and your lowest one is what your uh, what your final score is. But along the way, like if you match up the fire symbol to another um, fire symbol on another domino, then you can take a bear token, which doesn't quite follow. But and the bear token you can put on somebody else's board, um, and there's a bear in their valley, and so they maybe they have to deal with that if they want to build on that particular square. Um, and so it's, I've played it a couple of times and it's okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's Sapiens is what I played and it's, it's an ILO game. Have you played, uh, Caverna or Agricola or, you know, any of yeah. them? 
Yep. How's yep. it compared to those? Uh, very much lighter. Okay. Um, Feel so the like, same though, or except it is lighter. Hmm. Same, or, or not really? No, not really. Okay. Um, Agricola is one of those games that there's so much that I have to do, and and it, so many choices that I have to make, and everything has to go in a particular order. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a game that I love playing, but I'm terrible at. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sapiens is much lighter. I would really put it more towards um, kind of a, a, an adversarial dominoes game. Okay. So, yeah. Which brings me to King Domino, which is another game that I played. Um, and this is a pretty light, fast game where um, you, the, so each domino is numbered on the back and you put them in order and the lower numbers are not as great. The higher numbers are better, but the, that also kind of determines your turn order. So you put out, uh, like in a two-player game, you put out four dominoes, arrange them by the number on the back and then flip them over. And then you choose which one you want. And so there's, uh, there's the wheat field, there's the mountain, there's, there's various terrain that's, that's involved with it. And you put these dominoes around your, your little castle, and you make a five-by-five five grid. And at the end of the game, then you score the number of squares that you have that connect times the number of crowns on each, uh, in each region. So say that if I have like a wheat field that's five squares long and there's two uh, crowns, that'll score ten points. Um, so it's um, it's light and fast and you know sort of engaging, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's King Domino, and I know that there's a sequel to it called Queen Domino, but I don't know anything about that one. Yeah, I've I think you can even play the two games together. I think they combine somehow, but I have not played either of them. But I've I've looked at them, and this is another one that I think my eight year old would like a lot. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. And then uh, uh, finally, and I haven't actually played this. Uh, there's um, so a while back we talked about a one-page RPG called Everyone Is John, where John yeah. is a schizophrenic, and the people play various aspects of his schizophrenia. Oh yeah, so, I, re- I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So Honey Heist is another, and it may be by the same designer. Uh, is another one-page RPG where you are a master criminal, but you're also a bear. <laughs> so, like, uh, it's, you're going to pull off the, the honey heist. So, yeah, it's, it's totally, totally silly. Um, but so this, uh, this guy just makes his little one-page RPGs. And uh, so I don't know. I have not played this yet, but it sounds pretty interesting so reading from it it says yes no i was just gonna say i hope that adam puts this link in the the show notes because yeah this this (laughs) is worth the read (laughs) it's honeycon 2017 you're going to undertake the greatest heist the world has ever seen two things one you have a complex plan that requires precise timing two you're a goddamn bear Yes. Yes. And, and, so, there's a, and there's a D8 table for hats that you can wear. <laughs> yep. Yep. So you have 
two stats, criminal and bear. <laughs> and so, depending on how things go, you like they move stats back and forth between criminal and bear. But it sounds like a whole bunch of silliness that uh, um, would be pretty fun to play. And again, I've not played it, but it looks fun. That's a, yeah, so, that's okay. It looks fucking fantastic. And that's all I got. Oh, right. actually, I guess I don't. Adam, give me a number between one and six. Uh, seven. Oh, wait. <sighs> between one and six. Three. One and six. Three. Three? Yeah. Okay, you have a badge that says bear and proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm a bear and proud. Okay, yeah. That, I could see that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I really want to play this game drunk. Yes, it's the best way to play any game. And damn it, Honey High sounds fantastic. So, yeah. All right, Roy, tell us about bar trivia at the Triple Root Brew oh. Pub in Zeeland, Michigan. Zeeland, Michigan, yes. So, yeah, it's, I've, uh, we're still playing uh, bar trivia. I think we're in week eight now, eight of ten, something like that. And we're back on top. So, um been having a lot of fun with that. So it, I, I very much uh, I recommend bar trivia to, to people to do because it's a lot of fun. I know a- my local friendly gaming store is look. They yeah. finally outgrown their current location, and they're you know that's one of the things they're talking about when moving to an, a bigger location is serving beer. And doing, like, all these different uh, social functions, including, like, trivia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned several times on the podcast that uh, in Mississippi, we have the Wayward Kraken, which is this place on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And it's the most fantastic shop I've ever been in. They serve food. They serve beer. They, uh, you can buy board games. You can try out stuff from their lending library. You can role play there. You can play tabletop gaming, and yeah, so it's awesome. And I'm hoping my local store will try to emulate that. There was a place in Seattle, Washington, that I went to that uh, is like that too, where it's it's a restaurant and a game store and a bar, and it's just a whole bunch of awesome. And it's called Mox Boarding House. And okay. it's, uh, yeah, I think they got a few locations, but there's, uh, I have a, a friend's son went to school out there. And so we went out to visit him and, um, it was a fun time there. I will definitely list that in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Seattle's on my list. I want to get up there, do some yeah. stuff. So moving on to, uh, oh wait. Yeah. We haven't actually got to me as to what I've been playing. I actually got in a game of age of Sigmar the other day and uh it's yeah at my local gaming store 40k warhammer 40,000 from games workshop started up really big and slowly it has lost ground to age of sigmar the fantasy game produced by games workshop and um i finally there's one guy who's been beating the drum to get this game off the ground, and I finally got it in the game with him yesterday. And I streamed it. So if you follow Chance of Gaming at Twitch, you would have got to watch my uh, my uh, steampunk dwarf struggle against this guy's uh, orcs. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 
it's a lot of fun. Uh, the game is definitely different from the last time I played Warhammer Fantasy. It's more skirmish-based, and, you know, it less about the actual models and what they have. I was, I really appreciated how streamlined, like, the war gear and stuff like that was, but, yeah, I tried out Age of Sigmar, and I liked it. <laughs> and I'll probably continue to play it and play more so there you go so moving on to what's on our radar i had the first thing on here and uh it is paul and the reason why i wanted to list this was i was a fan of this guy because he produced orbital 2100 which is a realistic sci-fi type rpg you gotta kind of think the expanse on sci-fi only dial it back probably 20 years this is you know kind of near future stuff where you're trying to get out in the solar system and stuff you know there's no artificial gravity and whatnot and yeah you just have to make do and the main reason why i had this listed was i was familiar with orbital but he came out with Hostel, which is a gritty, quote-unquote, a gritty sci-fi RPG. Inspired by movies such as Outland and Alien, it is a gritty near future that presents a universe of mining installations, harsh moons, industrial uh. facilities, hostile planets, etc. So, yeah. I dig it, and, uh, you know, you can get, you know, most of this guy's stuff is on drive through RPG for about 20 bucks. And, uh, yeah, there you go. I was just going to mention it. So, mm-hmm. so I've, n- I've never played this uh, Cepheus engine. Do you, you know, I see it's a it's a 2D6, but I don't know anything about that. Do you know any details about what the the system itself is? Unfortunately, no. I know it is, you know, people mentioned it in the same vein as Traveler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's usually listed with that kind of stuff, and that's in fact that's where I it first came across my radar was uh, through Traveler, and so yeah, I don't know how the system plays, but yeah, I was just gonna list it and see what she thought. Hmm. hmm. Looks interesting. Looks like there could be stuff in there you could pull even if you weren't playing specifically in those settings. I mean. You know, you can put that into a Star Wars universe or, you know, I haven't played Starfinder, but, you know, what whatever system you like to play. True. It looks like some interesting stuff. True. I, so I, I like see that there's, Go ahead. there's a there's a CPS uh, system reference document as a free free download. Oh, nice. Yeah. I just like the fact that it's, quote unquote, near future. So, you know, it's, you know, if we launch this from... Cape Canaveral, Florida, to go out and take a look at, you know, whatever, and there you go, and yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, moving on. Rich, you've got American Revolution campaigns. Yeah, so this just popped up on my radar. I actually was out near Miniature Market today, and I just happened to, uh, I just, I stopped in just because I wanted to take a look around, and I saw these, and there were there were three games there, all, you can tell by the box and everything, they're the same system. They're published by Worthington Publishing, and I've got, I've got at least one Worthington game, um, 
in effect, I think we've talked about it. It's called um, oh, I don't remember what it's called. It's a it's a Austro-Prussian game, uh, Frederick's War, I think it's called. Um, but oh, yeah, it looks that's like on a, my list. Yeah, it looks like a, it's a light war game, but there's three of them that look like they're all in the same system. One is, I think it's New York, Saratoga, and Trenton. Um, and they just look interesting. So I think um, I might be picking one of these up really soon, especially, A, because they look pretty light, and B, because my daughter is a huge Hamilton fan, so she's interested in the American Revolution, and she said she'll play a war game with me. We're going to get that one. So looks really interesting. I'm looking forward to trying it out. So, um... <laughs> what? Not, nothing. Oh, just... Just our awkward pauses. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, it, it really is. And we have to edit this out later, so it's like, yeah, okay, wow, he made a good point, and I'm stunned, and yeah, we moved there. So you have D-Day at Peleu. Yeah, this is another one I just picked up, um, and I'm a huge World War II fan, and this one just looked interesting to me. It's one to two players, and it's got a nice-looking map, and... Uh, wasn't didn't cost too much, so this one looked good. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my radar because this one's gonna be going on my table pretty soon. So I will let you guys know how this one went. There's a whole series of these D-Day at books, and we think of D-Day as you know Normandy. I think there probably is a D-Day at Normandy, but it's a series of books of uh, games. I mean, they're all John Butterfield games, and this one is Paleo, which I. Back in my Navy days, a million years ago, I sailed by Pilio was as we we're going from the Philippines back to Hawaii. So I've seen it with my eyes, and now I'll play a war game. So it looks fun. Uh, the next thing you have was Hitler's Reich. Yeah, this is another one. This was, I think, a P500 game that I just – I wasn't even really thinking about it. But, you know, I got the email from, uh, from GMT just today that it's – they charged my credit card, so it is on the way soon enough. I'll probably be getting it this week. So, again, another World War II game. Um, this one, I remember when I when I first picked it up, it, it, you guys have heard of the fast action battles? Yes. No. So, yeah, this one sounds kind of like that. Um, it's, it's a, it's a card based game. It's designed to be a little lighter, a little quicker, um, but it just looked really interesting to me, so I picked it up and on my radar and then what else do i have asl i guess yes that's yeah. the thing i sent you on um i sent you this on uh twitter and you were like yeah whatever i've already got i'm already on this oh yeah i was already signed up yeah so in fact i think that the guy that runs the asl tournament i ran in, into him over at miniature market on tuesday and he goes i heard you have a podcast so i think he's probably a listener now so <laughs> hi jim if you're listening uh yeah uh, the, the last weekend of july will be the st louis asl tournament and uh this will be my second From these humble beginnings game. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they really go all out, though. I mean, they're designing scenarios for it, and it'll be it'll be a good time, I'm sure. Oh, that's cool. You guys, you guys want to come up to July? Come up to St. Louis the end of July. Don't, uh, it's honestly be, not that far from me. It, it'll probably know. be 102 and 98 percent humidity, but the room will be air conditioned. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's Adam's existence all the time. I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. This is Mississippi, so yeah. yeah. That, that sounds pretty cool. So, anyway, which uh, means some more ASL because I haven't played that much lately. I'm going to play this Thursday night, and I need to get in some more games before the tournament. So, 
Vassal, guys, ASL. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, right. Roy, you've got daggers, the Kickstarter. So I saw this on Tabletop Gaming News, and I thought this sounds all right. I uh, I may back this. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 light, and the the artwork's kind of cool, and um, so there's 11 days to go with it, and it's just a little dinky little game. Um, probably not gonna nobody's gonna run off to Peru with the with my money. <laughs> so um, yeah, I may give this a go. So yeah, daggers looked interesting to me. Um, so it's kind of based on tarot. It, it kind of uh, uses the same same artwork, I guess. Uh, I don't really know anything about the gameplay, but it's so there's a little bit of bluffing, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it sounds like a fun game to play at a bar or camping or whatever. So daggers is on Kickstarter right now. Give it a yeah. uh, check it out. Yeah, I see this one, like you said, called Tavern Game, and I like small, quick games like this that you can take with you anywhere. They're great for, you know, killing time if you're waiting for one of the kids to do something, or tavern, or bar, or coffee shop, or like you said, camping. I like little games like this, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and Roy, you've got Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, I hear there's a Star Wars movie coming out next week. Really? I'm probably going to go see, yeah. Is it next week? So, yeah, yep. uh, May twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's weird. I, I will say, uh, you know, I've I've long ago I I have no horse in this race, and um, with Solo, it's been fascinating. I I literally could care less one way or the other, but watching it from the outside in is Disney is it doing a lot with this and that's kind of scary it's i mean as in they've not promoted very much about it right right this yeah. is a this is a fucking star wars movie for crying out loud <laughs> yep. and they're just kind of yep. like meh whatever yeah this movie's coming out i don't care whatever and oh, so there you go it's this film's coming out and i found it fascinating that the front of the Millennium Falcon was supposed to have a shuttle. That's the reason. Oh. Yeah. Why Is that it what it was? I saw it was filled in. I didn't know that was a shuttle. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a shuttle. Okay. Uh, from the promotional material, that's a shuttle that comes off of it. And uh, I thought... In the, that it, where the jaws are. That, I remember seeing that those were supposed to be like docking jaws, like to grab onto like a shipping container or something. I thought... Right, that's, right. I, that's I what I that. think too, yeah. Yes, but for this movie, it is a shuttle it, that fills okay. up the front that you fly down the planet for whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, huh. I, I got to say, Lando looks really cool. You know, yeah. and 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 that's you know. Whatever. Well, you know, he came out with that. Uh, Donald Glover came out with that music video a few weeks ago, maybe <laughs> this last is America? week. Yeah, this yes. is America, which <laughs> yeah. really, really, which, yeah. <laughs> that kind of spun some people out. It was. I watched it once. I think I need I to think check that it out was again. The intention. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if people got <laughs> disturbed by that, then I think he he, he did exactly what he wanted to do. And I, yeah. I'm not saying that with any negativity at all. I think, you know, we don't want to get political well, on this show. But. And, and what what surprised me was, like, I'm I'm not really a rap guy. And I watched it. I'm like, that really looks like Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I didn't realize that that was his kind of his alter ego, his persona. And see, Dan, so, so, I, I know Donald Glover from Community. If you yep. have not seen Community, damn it, go out and get it. Get the DVDs, yeah. the digital, whatever you need to do. Download all the seasons and watch it. It's fantastic. It is the absolute best nerd geek show I've seen in the past 10 years. It's yeah. infinitely better than The Big yeah. Bang Theory, I'll tell you that. So the only now, two Adam, episodes... do you also listen to Harmontown? No, I don't. Um, you got to check out Harmontown. Yeah, so I, it's, it's been on my list for a while. What okay. is it? Dan Harmon is the guy's yep. name. Dan Harmon is the uh, is the writer and creator of Community, and he does right. a podcast. Yes, and it's, oh, it's, it's kind of uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of his his therapy session is this, doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I do this one. It's my therapy session. All right. But anyway, back to the point. Solo. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to spend some time seeing that for sure. I will okay. see it too. Okay, after Solo, what's the next one on the list? What's the next Star Wars movie? There's a, there's a Kenobi uh, uh, movie coming out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that one will be out before Episode Nine or not. I don't think they have a date on that. Okay. The next, there, is a star, there is a new Star Wars animated series coming out this fall. That's going oh. to take place uh, right before the Force Awakens, so yeah, that'll be I like the next, one... the next you know Clone Wars Rebels type show. That one's coming yep. out this fall. Okay, I saw one trailer for Kenobi, and it's uh, uh, it feels a little bit like Lawrence of Arabia. Well, you got a lot of uh, screenshots of of Kenobi, you know, dressed in a uh, like a black robe, looking pensive out across the desert of Tatooine. Hmm, so, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I, it, it, there's not a whole lot to it, but it's it's Ewan McGregor playing uh, playing Obi Wan. That makes sense. Yeah, he did a great job. I, know. I like did. him. I like him better than Alec Guinness in the role. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to Batman the animated series is finally getting the tabletop board game Gotham deserves. Did you guys ever watch Bat Batman the animated series? I used to, yes, quite a bit. I used to always, um, seems like back when I used to work, work like afternoons and evenings, I would always watch that at home, and that would be the last show I would watch before I went to work. But this is probably like 20 years ago, so. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how long it took, yeah. you know, that, that stuff came out. And, um, yeah, it's, it looks pretty good. I think um, IDW is putting it out, and, um, yeah. I'm excited. But didn't we just, like, two sessions ago, didn't we talk about another Batman game? Like, maybe a Kickstarter game? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That, that. Okay, that was like Batman the game. That that wasn't the animated series. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that is totally insane. It was a huge one, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah it was one of those big, ridiculous... $250 Kickstarters. Yeah. Gotham City Chronicles. That's it, yeah. Yes, and as of this podcast, the pledge manager is open for late pledge up until May 31st. So, there you go. 250 Is that what it is? Uh, oh, no, okay. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> looking at this, the minimum you can do is 140 <laughs> The all-in pledge is 320 and that's Ugh. your that's your only choices. That's what you wow. got right there. 
So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but animated series is getting a game too, so. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on, uh, the other news thing we had was Asmodee. This should have been the first story. It should. Well, it's news, <laughs> yeah. It's um, Asmodee is exploring a, a, a sale. They're a French company, and they're looking to, like, sell themselves. They generate, according to this article, they generate about 100 million euros in a 12-month earning before interest, tax, etc. And, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, but when we were joking about this last time or the time before, Asmodee already owns everything. So right. who, who's going to buy them? And now they're for sale. Okay. So you just buy this here. and you can buy it all. I propose an experiment here. On the count of three, we'll all say who we think the buyer is. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Fancy Flight. What'd you Fancy say, Roy? Flight. I said Fancy Flight. Yeah. And I said Disney. <laughs> all right. I, you know, I, I see Disney buying IPs. I don't know if they slum, they slum enough to get down to the base level of actual board games. Well, but, see, now, if, they bought, if, if Disney bought Asmodee, and then we could see the Catan movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is either going to be really right. good or really bad. Well, yeah. Okay, the Ticket so, to Ride uh, trilogy. <laughs> because you got to have America, Europe, and Asia. <laughs> uh-huh, yep. Okay, so what's your... Uh, why Fantasy Flight? I, just because they're the biggest, in my opinion. They're the ones okay. that could conceivably actually buy something here. Okay. See, and they're based in Minnesota, is that right? Somewhere Not up north, yeah. Sure, yeah. Somewhere in the northern okay. U.S., I think it is Minnesota. Okay, I believe it's Roseland, Minnesota. And I don't know why I know that. <laughs> Look, yeah. most things are, are It's your neck of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so, like, um, Catan would come back to the States. You know, it was originally Mayfair. It was based in Chicago. So, yeah. So is it going to go through then? I guess would be another question to ask. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I laughed when I saw that, though, because, yeah, they do already pretty much own everything. They do. So, I don't know. Well, so somebody had the means to buy it. I mean, it would be a... a It'd be uh, worth buying. I thought, of course, I don't have 1.7 billion burning a hole in my pocket. So, yeah, I mean, board games have been going up and up and up, and it's not—it's not like you're getting in at the beginning of the boom, which is what maybe 10 years ago. But you still have a long way to go. I don't see board games slowing down anytime soon. No. So, well, and especially. And uh, Asmodee in particular is doing a good job of integrating technology with board games, so they seem to be forward-looking, which will I'm sure will pay off for them as well. And there's, I mean, there's a there's growth potential there too. With like Japan is not that big in board games thus far, but I mean they could be. Yeah. I mean there's 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 certainly room to grow across the world. There's I guess there's I, me not being a business guy, but I mean there's 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 market to be to be had I guess. Yeah, true. Absolutely. So, um, I guess this brings us to the end. And, uh, Roy, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, where I'm at Roy Toy Cowboy. 
and I occasionally rant about the president and other things that enrage me. Uh, so if you follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, I'm a woodworker, so if you want to hit me up for some some nerdy uh, woodworking projects, I can uh, help you out with that. And finally, if you're going to Dice Tower Con, uh, I will be going uh, the whole time, and you can get in touch, and we'll meet up and play some games and have some fun. All right, where is Dice Tower Con? That is in Orlando, Florida, at the beginning of July. Okay. And I do not know what the status of tickets is now. Uh, they might be sold out. I'm not for sure. On Twitter, I am at Trapeer Jr. Um, although I'm not on, I don't, I don't post that much on Twitter. Mostly, I just browse and see what other people are doing to entertain me. Um, but if you want to get a hold of me, go to stlwargamers.com. That's the the website for St. Louis Historical Gaming Society. We've got our monthly game day coming up next month. If anyone is in St. Louis, uh, please come by and. Usually up at Miniature Market on Tuesday nights playing Star Wars Legion if I can. So I reckon that ends us now, and uh, yeah, we'll see you again next time. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good day, sirs.